continue the series on the authority of the believer in the earth. And in the previous teaching, we had a look at just how our Lord Jesus Christ defeated our adversary. We identified that uh, Satan is our adversary. He is the God of this world. And our Lord Jesus Christ, um, after he was raised from the dead in the pit of hell, we saw the account of how our Lord Jesus Christ destroyed him and all of his angels and disarmed him. And the book of Philippians says that um, he made an open show of him and uh, he disarmed principalities and powers. And then God our Father has uh, taken our Lord Jesus Christ into heaven, seated in his own right hand and given unto him the authority which is above all authority in, both in, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And so we saw that our Lord Jesus Christ has all authority in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Uh, prior to our Lord Jesus Christ going to the cross, he did not have authority under the earth, um, but now he does. And so in today's teaching, what we want to look at, we want to see, well, now that our Lord has uh, done that, for us, how does that translate into the life of the believer? How are we to appropriate that which our Lord Jesus Christ has accomplished for us? And so we want to look at the, uh, the authority that the church has over our adversary. For our, We've identified that our adversary is in fact Satan. And so we need to understand what the authority is that we have over our adversary. And so there's three areas we want to discuss in today's teaching. We want to see from what the scripture teaches us the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ has in fact delegated or given his authority in the earth to his church. I'm going to have a look at that as we go through the scriptures. And then we want to have a look at the believer's armor, more specifically at the two main weapons that the believer has in order to deal with our adversary, the devil. And then we want to look finally to the, in today's teaching at the fact that we do need to exercise our authority. Um, for unless we do, we will not benefit from it in any way. So firstly, let's have a look at the, the, the truth about the fact that Jesus, the head of the church, has delegated his authority in the earth to his church. Now don't forget, our Lord, in the previous teaching we saw that our Lord has been given all authority in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And so in heaven, our Lord, He still retains that authority. Under the earth, He still retains that authority. But in the earth, Jesus has delegated His authority to His church. And we don't need our Lord's authority in heaven. That's not our domain. We do not need our Lord's authority under the earth. That's not, also not our domain. But the church needs the Lord's authority in the earth, for that is our domain. That's where we live. That's where we reside currently. And so the passage of Scripture we can open up with um, this morning is in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Uh, the scripture says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And so our Lord Jesus just confirms again this uh, truth to us, 
that he has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Now, he doesn't mention under the earth at this time, because as I say, it was mentioned, we did pick it up in the previous teaching, um, but it's not necessary for the church to um, have access to that authority. So that's why the Lord didn't bring it uh, to our attention in this passage. But he does make the comment that all authority has been given to him in heaven and in earth. And so people say, you see, Jesus has all the authority in the earth, so you know, that doesn't mean we have it. But our Lord says straight away, after he's, he makes the statement, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, go therefore. And so whenever you see a therefore in the scriptures, find out what it's there for. And so the reason that our Lord said go therefore is because he has now all this authority, he now sends his church. So immediately he delegates his authority in the earth to his church. And he says go therefore and make disciples. And so we can, we can go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Why? Because Jesus has all authority in the earth. And we go in his authority, not in our own, but because he has all the authority in the earth and in heaven, we can go into all the earth and we can make disciples of all the nations. And so, <clears throat> if the truth be known, if the church is not going to use our Lord's authority in the earth, because our Lord has delegated his authority in the earth to his church. So he doesn't retain it. He, 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 he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Um, and in the earth, our Lord has delegated His authority to His church. And so if the church chooses not to exercise the authority that the Lord has delegated to her, well, then it's not going to happen. Because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and He doesn't um, exercise His authority in the earth, except through His church. Jesus doesn't walk around on the earth anymore like he did when he was first on the earth. Now, when our Lord was walking on the earth in the flesh, he received a mandate from the Father, and that was to destroy the works of the devil. And uh, he talks about it in, well, the Apostle John talks about it in 1 John 3, 8. And so, whenever our Lord came into contact with Satan and his realm when he was on the earth, think about when he would cast out demons, Think, and he said, uh, when I cast out demons, know that I'm doing it by the finger of God and that the kingdom of God has come upon you, has come near you. And he would heal the sick. Um, he would raise the dead. Uh, he preached the gospel to the poor. So Jesus went about destroying the works of the wicked one. That was his mandate given to him by God the Father. Now, just because our Lord Jesus Christ has now been raised from the dead and He's seated at the right hand of the Father, our Lord's mandate has not changed. Uh, his mandate from the Father remains exactly the same, in that He is still called by God the Father to go and destroy the works of the devil. Now, He does that through His church. And so, the church are mandated, because why? We are one body with the Lord. He is the head, we are His body. And so our Lord still does exactly what he used to do when he walked the earth in the flesh. He just does it now through his church, who, are, who is his body, his flesh in the earth today. And so as the head of the church, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. But he does the same works that he used to do when he was on the earth, still through the earth, in the earth, through his body. Remember our Lord said to us, he said that, 
He who believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And so the church is mandated to do the works that our Lord Jesus Christ did when he was on the earth. Um, and nothing has changed from that point of view. We are still, uh, we are still mandated by the Father. Through, because remember our Lord also said this, he said, As the Father has sent me into the earth, so I send you into the earth. And so we have the same mandate that Jesus received from the Father. That mandate, as I say, has not changed. We are to go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, but we are also to destroy the works of the wicked one, wherever we come into contact with them. This is a warfare we're in. We, we, we mentioned that in the previous teaching. And so <clears throat> we're called to go in forth and destroy the works of the wicked one. Now, one of the ways we destroy the works of the wicked one is we bring the unsaved into the kingdom of God because they are part of his kingdom, now, he does not want any, if we've said it already, he doesn't want any to come out of his kingdom. But we have now the authority to bring them out of the, his kingdom and into the kingdom of God. That's the authority given to the church. And so part of our mandate is to go and destroy the works of the wicked one in the lives of people and bring them into the kingdom of God. And obviously, through healing, through casting out demons, raising the dead, everything that our Lord Jesus Christ did, we're to do the same in the earth today. Another scripture that, because we're at this point in time, we're just trying to get our minds around the fact that although all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to our Lord Jesus Christ, in the earth, the Lord Jesus Christ has delegated his authority to his body, which is the church. And so, unless the church exercises the authority that our Lord has, well, then it's not going to happen. The Lord's not going to come down to the earth again and do it himself. He does it through his church. And so we need to get an understanding of the truth that we have been given the authority of Jesus in the earth as the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, as the bride of Christ, as the body of Christ. Another scripture we can look at is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to 23. The scripture says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, talking about the power of God, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Now verse 22, And he put all things under his feet, talking about the feet of Jesus, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so God the Father has placed everything and everyone and every name under the feet of Jesus. And he did that to the church. He said, the scripture says, he gave him to be head over all things to the church. Why? Which is his body. The church is the body of Jesus Christ. And so each one of us are a member of the body of Christ. Whichever part, we don't know really which part of the body we actually slot into, God does, Jesus does. 
But nevertheless, we are still, every, every born-again child of God is a part of the body of Christ. Now, God has placed all things under the body of Christ, under His feet, and given Him to be head over all things to the church. And so from that point of view, what, what this passage of Scripture is telling us is that as Jesus, the head of the church, has authority over all things, and has all principality and power and dominion have been made subject, subject to him. He says that um, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Um, and so as the head of the church is above all, so his body is above all. Because we, the, the head and the body are one and the same. The head doesn't go off and do one thing and the body does something else. Uh, in the natural, your head and your body are the same body. It's just different parts of the same body. But what the point is, is that all authority has been given to the body of Christ. Because the body of Christ is the church, and the church has been, God has given Jesus, head over all things, to the church. And so we have the, the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth, and we are meant to exercise that authority. And so we have authority over all principality, power, and dominion. And so what he's talking about really is pretty much everything. Uh, you know, the church is really, we don't recognize just how much authority we have. But the authority that the Lord is wanting us to exercise is the authority he has given to us in the earth, which is everything. He's given us all authority, for he has all authority. And so the authority we exercise is over all of our adversary and his realm. Because don't forget, um, we're dealing with our adversary in this series of teachings. How we are to exercise our authority given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. We didn't earn this authority. Jesus, has de Jesus earned the authority. He is the one who destroyed principalities and powers. He's the one who made an open show of Satan and his realm. And so he was given this authority by God the Father. But what he did then was in the earth, he delegated his authority to his church. And he expects us to use that authority he has given to us. Another passage of scripture we can look at is in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 18 to 20. Scripture says, And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And so our Lord in this passage was just a little bit more specific as to what the authority is that we have in the earth as the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have a full authority over Satan and all of his realm, all of it. Is not one part of Satan's realm that is not subject to the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ in the earth. Let's just stay within the earth at this point because that's really where we as a church need, need to exercise the authority of our Lord. And so in, in the earth, there is no realm of Satan that is not subject to the church. And so it's, it's a, a spiritual fact. You know, this is a whether we choose to believe this or not, whether we choose to act on it or not, 
it doesn't change the truth of the matter. And that is that Jesus has been given all authority in the earth and he has delegated all authority in the earth to his church. And that authority that we have is over all of Satan's realm, Satan and all of his realm. There is no part of his realm that is not subject to every single Christian, every single believer. Because every single believer is in the body of Christ. So it's not a, the, the part of the, the body is outside of the body and they don't have the authority, not at all. We're all part of the body of Christ and it is under the feet of the body that every principality and power has to bow the knee. And so I trust you understand the, the, the truth in Scripture that Jesus has all authority. We've already established that. You know, he, he doesn't lie about the issue. But he, the, the, the truth we really wanted to get across today is the fact that Jesus delegated his authority in the earth to his church. And so the church has the authority of Jesus in the earth. Very important that we get uh, to grasp that concept. And so with regards to having authority in the earth, there is um, the armor of God that has been given to the church. So that she can do, because we said we're in a war zone, this is a conflict zone that we're in, and we're to put on the armor of God, the body and armor of God. Um, and so we wanted to look at two aspects of the armor of God that has been given to the church um, in order to deal with our adversary, the devil. The, the, when we look at the book of Ephesians, there are more aspects to the armor of God, but I just want to concentrate on just the two main aspects uh, given to the church that she can use against her adversary, the devil. From the point of view of she has the authority over him. And so the first aspect of the armor that the church has is the name of Jesus Christ. And we need to avail ourselves to the use of that name. For that is the name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. That Satan, that's all of his realm, have to bow to the name of Jesus. And we, again, we can go to uh, our Lord's comment on this in Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. Our Lord Jesus speaking, he says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And so we are admonished by the Lord Jesus Christ to do all of these works in His name. For it is in the name of Jesus that the power resides. For God has um, placed all of heaven's resources to back up the name of Jesus. Because God has given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. And so that name is the most powerful name in creation, in God's creation. There is no other name that is more powerful than the name of Jesus. Now that name has been delegated to the church to use uh, over the power of our enemy. Because that's how our Lord said we would do this. He said, in my name they will cast out demons. In my name, they will lay their hands on the sick 
and they will recover. In my name they will take up serpents. Now that doesn't mean we go around picking up snakes. He's talking about the serpents of, remember he said, I've given you power over all scorpions and, and serpents. So talking about Satan and his realm, his, his uh, cohorts out there. And you know, so the very first sign that our Lord Jesus Christ said we would do is cast out demons. But it's in his name that we do that. So we don't go to a demon, who, a person who's demon possessed, and we say, I command you to come out of that demon. We do it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out. And we, when we pray for people to be healed, in the name of Jesus, we lay hands on them. And it's the name of Jesus that is powerful, all-powerful, and every sickness and disease has to obey the name. Every demon has to obey the name. And so that's what we are to use. And you know, even unbelievers um, learn the power of the name of Jesus. And they utilize the, the power of the name of Jesus. Uh, our Lord taught us in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 7, that when he judges on that day, there will be those who will say to him, But Lord, you know, didn't we cast out demons in your name? prophesy in your name and do many mighty works in your name and our Lord would say to them depart from me you lawless I never knew you and so it is possible because that name has been is so powerful it is all powerful that even unbelievers who are not part of the kingdom of God can take that name the name of Jesus and do wonders and signs in the name of Jesus and because that because the demons are subject to that name. They have no defense against the name of Jesus. Sickness has no defense against the name of Jesus. And so, as I say, unbelievers, because on that day, our Lord said, it will be lawless people who have used his name to do mighty wonders, and they will be astounded because they would say, but Lord, you know, we cast out demons in your name, and we, you know, we did mighty works in your name. And our Lord will say, yeah, I didn't know you, and depart from me, you wicked. And so, unbelievers can use the name of Jesus. You, you recall John, when he was on the earth, our Lord Jesus, do I have the account? In Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, um, he spoke. He said, Lord, we saw somebody casting out a demon in your name. And we said, don't, because you're not part of us. And Jesus said to him, no, don't stop him, because no one can work a miracle in my name and soon thereafter speak evil of me. And so our Lord Jesus acknowledged that it was possible for unbelievers, people who are not in his kingdom, even they could use his name to cast out demons and do mighty wonders and works because the, it's the name of Jesus that is all-powerful. Now, if even unbelievers can use the name of Jesus and get results, how much more the church of our Lord Jesus, who has officially been given the name of Jesus, for our Lord said to us, in my name, you're to go out and cast out demons. Lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. And so, we are to use the name of Jesus. We are not to... Um, not, we, we must recognize just how powerful that name is. Heaven certainly recognizes the power of the name. Satan and his realm certainly recognize the power of his name. Um, even unbelievers, as I've mentioned, recognize the power of His name. The church needs to learn to recognize the power of the name of Jesus. And so we have been given 
the name of our Lord Jesus. And he expects us to actually use his name when we come into contact with Satan and his realm. And he expects us to do what even unbelievers do. We're to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. We're to heal the sick in the name of Jesus. We're to do mighty works.